0: Hello, welcome to this audio recording of a recent article from WarhornMedia.com. This is episode 124, and the title is 10th Presbyterian Church and Liam Gallagher Straightforward Presbyterian Discipline Needed. It's by Tim Bailey. I'm also your reader, and the article was posted January 15th, 2024. It's eighth in a series. At the beginning, I have an editorial note which reads, Minor edits to this post have been made following information received concerning 10th members' correspondence with the moderator of Philadelphia Presbytery, Ryan Egley of City Line Church, Philadelphia. Now the post itself. As we have seen, 10th Presbyterian Church paid grace to research and write a report on the sexual abuse and sins strewn across the 20 years presided over by their two senior ministers who succeeded Jim Boyce. The number of predators and sins during the past 20 years is awful. But then, immediately following Grace's release of their damning report, the sexual sin of Tent's present senior minister, Liam Gallagher, came into the open. Not from the report. Grace had missed that one. All of this adds up to a terrible weight of sexual sin across a quarter century. Subheading Sexual Abuse, Not Worst Sin, Reported by Grace Report. But worse than the sexual abuse has been the sin of tense pastors and elders, who have steadfastly refused to discipline the congregation's sexual predators and to warn the congregation against those predators, thereby protecting the sheep and healing the predator's victims. This can't be said too frequently or too strongly. Sexual sins are destructive and evil but more destructive and evil are pastors and elders who refuse to discipline predators and their sexual sin, thus refusing to guard the sheep for whom Christ died. The shepherd is to kill the wolf and guard and heal the sheep, but ten shepherds have abandoned and devoured their sheep, instead guarding themselves and the wolves. This has been shown by the grace report, to the point of shame. And what is the point of this report if not to bring the church to repentance and its pastors and elders to accountability and discipline? Subheading, grace report, toothless. Finally, and maybe the very worst thing about the report as a report is that it neither recommends nor brings any accountability to tense pastors and elders who sin so flagrantly against their flock. Really, it would have been better if the report had not been written than to write it using nostrums like the need for better communication and, quote, transparency, unquote. When such evil is recounted, and the report follows up by saying this and that evil need better quote transparency unquote what the reader learns is that evil has no consequences he learns to sin that the work of grace may abound no teeth at all not a single consequence required by the report for those who betrayed their calling to protect tenth sheep subheading tenth pastors and elders too important to be disciplined So, what the reader concludes is that 10th is too big, too important, too historic to fail. Its pastors and elders are too rich, too proud, too recognized. So, here is the present situation. On top of this grace report, the sexual sins of Tenth's senior minister have brought down even more ridicule on Tenth Presbyterian Church, to the point that ignominy now rains down and spreads to Tenth's Presbytery and her denomination. Less than a handful of Presbyterian churches in the country have the reputation and respect Tenth has enjoyed since the faithful ministry of Donald Gray Barnhouse, my own father's pastor when he was a child. Barnhouse was one of the fathers who reformed evangelicalism of the 20th century, but now it is painfully obvious his children have not honored their father. Subheading, straightforward discipline of tense pastors and elders now required. If one is familiar with church discipline under any Presbyterian book of church order, any at all, The proper actions at this time are simple and clear. Subheading 1, Session Must Resign. First, the session of 10th Presbyterian Church must resign, all of them. They have presided more than a quarter century of betrayal over their sheep. Grace relates reports of sexual abuse of various parties connected to the church. Although not all the accounts are credible, there is More than enough confirmed, though, that the subjects of Grace's report should be hanging their heads in shame and have turned in their resignation the very day the report was issued. Some will protest that not every elder has failed, and of course that's true. Not every member of Achan's family, if you read Joshua chapter 7, was responsible for hiding the treasure under the floor of the tent, but God judged and punished them all. Most reform believers understand the centrality of corporate responsibility in God's economy, starting with the federal headship of Adam. So yes, all of them should resign. They all share the shame and guilt whether or not they were each equally to blame. Then the next subheading, Philadelphia Presbytery, must discipline members' sins reported in the Grace Report. Second, Philadelphia Presbytery should appoint a commission, not a committee or task force, but a commission to examine the report carefully, looking for teaching elders whose failures were recounted there and remain members of Philadelphia Presbytery. These men should be called in to the commission to be questioned as to whether they agree with the sins and crimes they are reported to have committed by the report. These men should also be questioned whether there are other sins not contained in the report they would now like to confess. If they agree to their guilt and or confess other sins, their case can go forward to an efficient conclusion without a need for trial. The blessing of confession, which is to say self-accusation, is that it removes the need for prosecution, exhibits, witnesses, counsel for the defense, record of trials, certified letters, etc. Upon self-accusations received by this commission of Philadelphia Presbytery, the commission may be asked by Philadelphia Presbytery to bring, in each case, recommendations concerning the penalty. Should there be any public admonishment or is private admonishment sufficient? Is the sin more serious so that there should be public censure definite for a predetermined time or indefinite for an indeterminate time, suspension from their call and ministry, or definite for a predetermined time or indefinite for an indeterminate time, suspension from participating in the Lord's Supper. Should there be other disciplines required that a member of Presbytery would supervise, such as, for instance, counseling? should the accused be required to make apologies and to request forgiveness from those he has harmed by his pastoral betrayals. It would be necessary for the presbytery's Commission to arrange appropriate persons or a person to accompany the pastor, requesting meeting with the victim he abused, failed to protect, and neglected, so that his victim is not alone with the one who sinned against him or her in the case of crimes and sins committed in the past by pastors who are no longer members of Philadelphia Presbytery. If the Commission judges such former members need to be interviewed and provided the opportunity to admit their sin, to self accuse and to seek forgiveness, it would be the duty of the Commission to communicate this need to the Presbytery or Denominational Association this pastor now holds his credentials or membership in. Of course, the commission would leave it to those other authorities how or whether to act on the commission's recommendation. Subheading, Excommunicate the Contumacious. Each job has its vocabulary. Anyone ordained a pastor in a Presbyterian denomination in the English-speaking world Quickly learns the meaning and uses of this word contumacious, c o n t u m a c i o u s. Sadly, at this point in the Presbyterian Church of the Western world, most church discipline cases end with the court declaring the accused, quote, contumacious, unquote, and then excommunicating him. Some sins are still actually tried occasionally. But as I've repeatedly said, those sins are usually of the variety that the horror of the women of the church would be greater if charges weren't filed than if they were. That's the pivotal thing. It would have to be something like that teenage boy with all the tats walked to the front of the church during communion and used his machete to hack our favorite 87-year-old grandma to pieces right there in front of the children. The pastor told him to stop, but he didn't. So, of course, we had to file charges against him. When charges are filed and found to require a trial, the accused has to be notified multiple times and in foolproof ways concerning the case, when and where he is to show up, and what his legal privileges are as he prepares his defense. Almost always, despite having vowed when he joined the church that he would submit to church authority and discipline, members fail or refuse to show up at their hearings, at which point the church officers are required to reschedule the hearing and notify him again of his obligation to appear. And once more, the officers have to take the evening and show up for the hearing invariably finding the defendant is again thumbing his nose at them and absent. Depending on the judgment of the court in session, what usually happens then is the defendant is charged and found guilty of contumacy, meaning flagrant rebellion against church authority. Presbyterian church courts seem to be fighting a retreat action in defense of this word. Contumacy is not as common in usage in American English as it was back in the 19th century. And here online, if you'd like to go and see, there are a bunch of links in this post. But here I have an illustration from Google Books Ngram viewer of the usage of contumacy from 1800 through 2019. And uh, let's just say that it doesn't go up, it goes way down. Subheading, What Tenth Presbyterian Church Session Should Have Done Seven Weeks Ago It's been more than a month now since the public sexual sin of Senior Minister Liam Gallagher and Tenth's deaconess were made public, and more than seven weeks since Gallagher has abandoned his call and pulpit. Presuming the session of Tenth filed charges against Pastor Gallagher immediately After his public sins were made known, the session should also have informed the congregation of the elders' action or their pending action with the presbytery as early as December 3rd, 2023, the first Lord's Day when it was clear to all by his absence from the pulpit that their pastor had abandoned his call. In that announcement at the conclusion of public worship that day, the session could have related that its charges would await adjudication by presbytery, and they should have assured the congregation that Pastor Gallagher would be summoned to appear in person to answer to the truthfulness of the charges. It would have been no surprise if Senior Minister Liam Gallagher had refused to respond to the charges and to the summons as he would be required by his vows in the book of church order. In which case, the congregation would have been informed of that sad fact also. Thus, everyone would have done the minimal thing necessary for the honor of Christ and the peace and purity of the church. And the court would immediately conclude the matter by finding Gallagher guilty of contumacy, then proceeding to his defrocking and excommunication. This is what ought to have been done, first by the session of 10th, then by Philadelphia Presbytery. No drama, no endless meetings and conversations, no called special meetings of the congregation to vote on this or that, no quiet efforts to give Golger some of tenth's money to help him now that he's out of work, No cancellation of congregational meetings called to tell the sheep this and that, or to get their approval for this and that. Just discipline. That's all that was needed seven weeks ago, and it's still all that's needed today. Subheading, what must be done now? Yes, I repeat myself, but charges must be prosecuted against Gallagher and by individuals. Don't leave it to the session. The members of 10th should finally be done with the session's private assurances that they've done this or that or the other thing. Any pastor, elder, or member of 10th can bear their proper responsibility and do what's right, filing their own charges against their senior minister, Liam Gallagher, to Philadelphia Presbyterian here, and then I have a link to the form where they can fill it out and send it in, where you can fill it out and send it in. Then they are directly in the loop and not dependent on their session. Don't be intimidated. Just write, quote, I charge senior minister, Liam Gallagher with the following, unquote. Then enter the specifics and what preliminary evidence you wish to state. The Presbytery's stated clerk will get in touch with you right away, and you can ask him to help you perfect your document as needed, or as the Presbyterian Church in America's Book of Church Order requires. Make and keep a copy or screenshot of your charges when you submit them. With the submission of the charges online, request the stated clerk notify you that he has received your charges. Ask him to do so by return email, if possible. Philadelphia Presbytery is the court of jurisdiction over Senior Minister Liam Gallagher. Leave the session of 10th Presbyterian Church to itself. Use Book of Church Order 40-5 to establish your standing with the disciplinary matters before the Presbytery by yourself alone, accusing Liam Gallagher by yourself alone. In this way, Philadelphia Presbytery will be required to respond to you in person. Subheading Discipline is Love Truth and obedience always simplify matters. Discipline is what's best for the honor of Christ. It's what's best for the peace and purity of the church, for the peace and purity of 10th Presbyterian Church, for the peace and purity of Philadelphia Presbytery. Discipline by Christ's church is the kindest thing that can be done for the soul of Liam Gallagher, also the soul of his consort. Discipline is love. Hebrews 12, verse 8, But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Again, this is Eighth in a Series. Thank you for listening. Do us a favor, tell your friends about this podcast that consists of the reading of articles from warhornmedia.com. Also, if you're able, please support this work. Go to warhornmedia.com and click on the Patreon link. This is Pastor Tim Bailey. Until next time, God willing.